Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Cashflow Guys Podcast. This is Tyler Chef, and I am the host of the Cashflow Guys Podcast. And this week, I want to talk about avoiding the fear of eviction bans. Now, currently, if you've been paying attention at all, you realize that there is a federal eviction ban, eviction ban that's been put in place uh, currently until March 31st. Now, that started with the Trump administration, and it's continued in the Biden administration. And there's talk, of course, we don't know if it's accurate or not, because you can't really vouch for what's in the news as being accurate, but there's talk of it going on until September and maybe even beyond. We may go an entire year with an eviction ban. And for a lot of folks, well, that kind of freaks them out. And I get it, right? I totally understand it. If you own income property like I do, such headlines certainly don't help us sleep well at night, do they? You know, I've been having all kinds of strange thoughts thinking about this stuff and what's going on and what I should do about it and how I should act. But um, some of the people I've talked to recently, I've, they're thinking about dumping their portfolios. I mean, seriously, they're like, the hell with this. I'm getting out while the getting's good and I'm going to go ahead and dump my properties. Well, if you're like me and you're looking to add more assets to your portfolio, it's time to start, wake up and start paying attention because you might see some opportunity coming down the pike. If you're not out in the marketplace, if you're not out talking to people, if you're not doing some marketing, rubbing elbows, maybe you can't rub elbows right now with COVID, maybe getting some mail out there or having some landing pages or running some Facebook ads or emailing your list. If you've got a list, if you don't have a list, you should be having an email list so you got people to talk to. Heck, start a podcast. All kinds of ways you can get the word out that you're looking to buy real estate. My name is John and I'm looking to buy three bedroom, two bath houses in Toledo, right? Got to get your word out there because as people start having these feelings, boy, I think I should dump my portfolio or times are tough and I'm a little nervous about what's going on. This is a great opportunity for you to get in front of these people. So that said, when you're talking to these people though, and and that's that's the next thing I want to cover is you don't want to sound too eager. Matter of fact, you want to kind of be a little off put by the whole idea of acquiring a rental property. And here's what I've been doing lately and it's worked pretty well for me. People know that I buy multifamily real estate in the Tampa Bay area, right? So when I get these calls, I'm like, they're telling me, well, I'm thinking about selling my my portfolio. Tell me, are you selling your property because of the potential of these eviction bans impacting you? Of course, what are they going to say? No, 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 no. That's not why I'm selling them. I'm selling because I want to buy another investment property. Really? You're selling this investment property that of course is performing really, really well because you want to go buy another investment property. Now, let me ask you, Mr. Seller, why not just leverage the equity out of this one and go buy another property or go raise money and buy another property? Well, the real answer, boys and girls, is because they're shaking in their boots, they're nervous, as they maybe they should be, about this whole eviction ban and how it's going to impact them. Now, they're not going to show you that. They're not going to tell you that. They're going to be coy about it and you can expect that. I've had some people actually seriously talking about letting their units go vacant. In other words, when the leases expire, not renewing the leases because this eviction ban is tied to non-payment. But when a lease is up, the contract is up, people got to go. And I'm, it's, it's my understanding, and I'm not an attorney, but I may be wrong about this, but it's my understanding that if your paperwork expires or your lease, your agreement expires, well, they have to go and the foreclosure or the eviction ban doesn't necessarily protect them in that case. Now, maybe that's different in different municipalities, but what I read was the federal laws. But again, I'm not an attorney and it's not really my job to interpret federal law. You should get with your local real estate attorney, get their take on it, see what they think. But you know, the downside of this, obviously, is if you choose to let your units go vacant, which trust me, we actually, Jill and I did that during the pandemic when it first hit. Our governor here in Florida, Governor DeSantis, when he first came out and did a press conference, he specifically used the word Airbnb. 
which Airbnb then panicked and canceled all of our reservations, even the ones we had for medical professionals. We had doctors and nurses that were traveling that were coming to stay in our place. And Airbnb canceled the reservations anyway. And when they canceled the reservations, they wiped clean all their contact information. So I couldn't even reach out to these people because I was depending on Airbnb to share the information with me. Well, I've learned a lesson since then, and I've put systems in place to make sure that doesn't happen again, I can assure you. Nonetheless, they used the word Airbnb. They, the state wiped out our reservations. We lost about 85 thousand dollars in reservations in less than 18 hours it was mind-blowing how quickly they wiped us clean but at the end of the day we had to come up with a workaround we wanted to see how do we solve this problem right we're not going to just throw in the towel but what we were finding is when we first thought about let's drop our rates and get anybody in there just to keep the place filled up i'm talking about our short-term rentals now our long-term rentals didn't skip a beat but our short-term rentals obviously were vacant and we thought well we'll just drop our prices and then we thought about it for a second and said you know here's the thing if we drop our prices we're going to get a less than desirable tenant let's just say i've had some issues over the years dealing with people that have rented the place when our rates are cheap. So I've decided that I no longer offer cheap rates to keep the people that are most likely to trash the place, thus meaning the people that are looking for the cheap rate, out of my property. I don't want the drama. So I just keep the rates up where most folks you know, that would cause kind of trouble, can't afford it, and everything's hunky-dory. Well, the problem is I couldn't use my booking services. I couldn't use Airbnb. I couldn't use Verbo because they literally shut down the reservation system so we couldn't do anything. So I had to re- figure out ways, and I did it through websites like Furnish Finder and things like that to get medical professionals back in the saddle. But we did make a conscious decision in the month of April just to leave the property. April, I believe it was in May too. Leave the property essentially completely vacant. And for us, it made more sense at that time for a short duration to leave it vacant so we could kind of let the dust settle, let everything calm down. We had to figure out cleaning protocols and we were looking for direction from the state and the CDC, which they hadn't didn't really have the direction out yet. So we thought maybe it just makes more sense to leave the places vacant for a short time. Let the dust settle, work it out. And then once we figure out plan B, we'll go ahead ahead and get cracking on plan B. And that's exactly what we did now. So don't think that if some, one of your friends or your, your buddies or partners to suggest leaving the place is empty, that they're nuts. There may be some logic to that, depending on your situation. It doesn't make sense to rent your place to anybody. I'm here to tell you the people that have problems and the people that say they don't want to deal with tents, toilets, and termites are usually the people that have had some experience renting to anybody that can fog a mirror. If you're not taking time with the long-term tenants, especially to make sure they can afford the property, then you can expect that you're going to have problems. And what do I mean by that? That means do they make bring home three times the rent? They have to bring home after taxes, three times the rent. That means if my rent's $1,000 a month, they need to be able to bring home and prove it $3,000 a month. Or that's, that's period. I'm not going to even bend on that. So because we're strict on that type of stuff, we don't have problems with non-payment. We don't have problems with evictions. Our places are nice. They're C&B class rentals, but they're nice. And we take good care of them. And the people have pride in them. And, and that's one thing I want to talk about that it just as a little sidebar that a lot of folks are skipping over. It's like, if you're a guy and girl that is does a good job of being a landlord, if your properties are nice and well-kept and you're not a slumlord and you've rented to good people, then you're not going to really have any problems. So if you're thinking about maybe not buying right now because you think that the first person who moves in is suddenly going to decide to stop paying rent. The reality of it is, is that maybe I'm crazy, but most people are good people. Most people intend to do the right thing. Most people aren't going to lose their jobs in this crisis. 
But that said, we've, I think maybe we've gone through the worst of it. So look at what they do for a living. Factor that in. Are they a, a trauma nurse? Well, trauma nurses are probably going to stay pretty darn busy, even in the middle of COVID, right? What do they do for a living? Do they, are they, they work for the government? Well, government jobs are pretty stable. So that means they're probably pretty much going to collect an income no matter what. And guys, for a lot of folks, they're getting more money now on unemployment than they did when they were working in a lot of cases. So communicating with your tenants, having a conversation with them about, you know, we still got to pay the rent. Now, granted, I didn't have a whole lot of conversation with folks until uh, I wait until I think they're going to be late. And luckily, I have not had this issue yet, but I know a lot of friends that have had this issue. And instead of talking to the tenants or having a good conversation with the tenants, they chose to panic and kind of shut down. And I'm here to tell you, that's never going to work ever, ever, ever. You know, if you're a buyer and you're second guessing your decision, I want to revisit that for a second to buy right now because of this. Let's look at it from a different set of a different angle or put on a different pair of glasses. Think about the sellers right now. If you don't think that sellers are nervous, maybe even panicked over the the headlines of the news with the the eviction bans and all the stuff that's going on, (laughs) you're sorely mistaken because they are, every one of them. And if they don't mention it, maybe it's a good time for you to mention it because, oh heck, why not? We should at least talk about these things. We'd want to have open and honest communication, wouldn't we? Isn't that the way things should be? Well, then why not have a conversation about it so everybody's on the same page? After all, the only good thing, the only bad thing that can come from it, the only, after all, the good that will come from it could mean a significant discount when you buy it. Now, you got to be careful with that because what you don't want to do is send the, piss the seller off or, you know, send them over the edge in a panic uh, because they may shut down on you. Then you're not going to get anywhere. If you're dealing through a real estate broker, which, you know, provides its own set of challenges. Frankly, I'd have this conversation with the real estate broker. There's a lot of listing agents out there that think they're fat cats because they got something for sale. Well, they're cool and fat cats as long as there are people out there desperate to buy investment property, which makes me shake my head. I can't believe there are people out there that actually act as if they're desperate buying investment property. If y'all would get together and bank together and decide that it's going to be a buyer's market, man, we could get a lot better deals. I can tell you that. But know this, I think it is a great time to buy because never before have we had such uncertain times. I mean, they people talk about 2020 being a train wreck. Well, 2021 isn't so far shaping up much better and we're only in January and it already looks like, oh boy, we're in for a ride. If you look at uncertainty, that breeds motivation in sellers. And think about what happened this week with the whole Reddit thing. A bunch of people got together on Reddit in a subreddit or chat or whatever, and basically took over the stock market to some degree. They actually went up against the big hedge funds and they put a bitch slap on the hedge funds. Hedge funds lost millions, probably billions or maybe even trillions of dollars this week because they got punked by a bunch of day traders, essentially. So that's really making a lot of folks look at Wall Street with a whole bunch of uncertainty, a whole bunch of uncertainty. And frankly, if you're invested in Wall Street and you didn't learn something from what happened this week, well, you might want to brush up on what's going on in the world because this was a glaring example of how manipulative things can be. And then Big Brother came and shut down a lot of the stuff. The little guy was trying to take over from the big guy because the big guy is only out here to make profits for themselves. They're not out here to build your retirement plan. They're out there to get rich off of your hard work. Know that. And this week, they got their pee-pee slapped, and they were not allowed to steal from the American public for a couple days. And they didn't like that. So they had their bullies come shut down a lot of these these chat groups and whatnot, uh, basically returning the ability to steal back to big business again, back to these hedge fund managers. So if you're a person that's got real estate for sale, you're really nervous because you don't, maybe you're thinking you shouldn't sell at all. 
or if you're a buyer, or maybe you're thinking about when I do sell, what am I going to do with the money? So think about that. How can we convert the conversation to the seller and say, what are you going to do when you sell the house? Are you going to be, are you going to go play stocks? And they're going to be like, hell no, I'm not going to go play stocks. Did you see what went on last week? It's a, it's a nightmare. The Dow fell. They're talking about the market imploding. It's really scary times if you are playing around in the stock market. Frankly, I don't care because I'm not playing in the stock market and I'm invested pretty heavily in metals. So usually if people panic about the stock market, metals go through the roof. So I'm just sitting back watching and see what happens. But know that uncertainty breeds motivation in sellers. And now is the time not to stop your marketing or slow down your marketing. Now is the time to turn the screws and, and go do more. Go bigger. Spend more money. Get more postcards out there. Send more emails. Do more podcasts. Put more bandit signs out in the street. Make flyers. Put them on windshields at your shopping mall. Whatever it takes. You got to reach those motivated sellers. They're out there, guys. And every single day, those sellers get more and more motivated. Understand that. The biggest future challenge for buyers I see coming will be obtaining institutional financing. And that's because lenders are going to start pulling back on lending from income properties. These eviction bans, well, what it means for a lot of investors is that if you want to get a loan, institutional mortgage on a property, you're going to have to come up with more reserves. So if you're trying to use a lot of leverage, it's going to be more and more challenging as time goes on because the, the, the banks are paying attention, looking at this from a risk perspective and going, oh boy, not sure if I want to hold the mortgage on an income property right now because if one of these tenants decides to become a pro and parks there, this guy's not going to be able to pay his mortgage. Banks know that. So be prepared if you're unwilling and you continue to refuse to learn how to raise private money. Be prepared that you're going to have to come up with more of your own money in reserves set aside uh, for a rainy day in order to even qualify for a mortgage. I guarantee you that's going to happen when you're buying rental property. It's already happened, starting to happen, and it's only going to get worse as time goes on. So better be prepared. Now, that said, now is a good time, a great time to hone your capital raising skills. And as you know, you can do that at privatemoneycrashcourse.com. That's privatemoneycrashcourse.com. Matter of fact, I'm going to be adding some new stuff to it here coming up, which means I'm going to be raising the price. So right now, I got it priced at the time you're hearing this at uh, $49.97. I'm going to be raising the price probably up to $97, maybe even a little higher. I'm going to be adding even more value to the thing, which I'm frankly tired of giving it away for almost free. And the people that have taken it th thus far have done a great job reaching out to me and tell me how much value they've got out of it. So that's cool. I want to add more value because I want to make sure there's nothing left out. There is no next course, you know, got to have this or you can't do the job. When it comes to raising private money, this is it, guys. It's not rocket science. So I didn't make the course rocket science. PrivateMoneyCrashCourse.com. Now, one thing you should know about the eviction van is it only applies to a portion of the population. And it really ex excludes a lot of Americans that think they're covered. So when your tenant decides to go pro on you, and by going pro, I mean trying to take advantage of the situation, and suddenly they think, you know, they fall into this COVID thing, there's rules and they have to do certain things. They have to give you a form as a first thing. So go find those rules in your state. This all begins, by the way, guys, going to your HUD office, that's HUD, going to your local HUD office, going to their website, getting them on the phone if they answer, finding out what, what the regulations are. are. Is there anything specific to your municipality? Get clear on what's going on. And those of you that are wholesalers and you don't, maybe you don't have property, it would be good for you to learn the process so that when you're talking to buyers that might be a little nervous about this whole thing, you can assure them, frankly, give them a copy of this episode to listen, listen to, to assure them that now is a fantastic time to buy rental property. Now realize that rental assistance stimulus has been passed and is available in a lot of areas. Uh, so if you've got a tenant falling behind, I would learn. And again, this also starts by going to your HUD office and figure out what steps you need to take. To, you can apply on their behalf now. The federal program I know allows you to apply on their behalf, which that's pretty cool. And that means the money would be cut to you. So you don't have to worry about them going out and spending it on a big screen 
or a new set of rims or a car stereo. So the way to get on, uh, up to speed on that is to go to your local HUD office in your state. So if you're in Wyoming, you go to Wyoming HUD or Housing and Urban Development or Housing Office, they will have specific information that ties to your municipality and includes the federal assistance so you can see what works for you, what doesn't work for you. And guys, when you get in front of this stuff, some of these applications may look a little daunting, but they're really not that bad. And after all, if it results in you getting your rent, well, then maybe it's worth it. What do you think? Now, the one thing I want to say before we wrap up is I want you to realize that there is a ton, a ton of misinformation out there. And frankly, that's guy, that is, guys, why I said go to the HUD office, go to your local state HUD office to get the information you need on this rental assistance and this eviction ban stuff because you can't trust the news. I don't care what your flavor is, Fox, CNN, whatever. They're sensationalizing. They're making trillions of dollars in ad revenue. Everybody's trying to mislead everybody else. Don't even listen to me except for going to the source, okay? When it comes to finding information that you need to get your assistance, go to the source. I'm not saying trust your government, but avoid news websites. And, you know, we got to realize that the non-government information systems, they only have themselves to, to gain, right? For They can only gain, they're only in it for themselves is what I'm trying to say. But the HUD office, they're going to put out information on exactly what to do. So just do exactly what they're going to do. Fill out the applications that need to be filled out and get your stuff in and get your rental assistance. Because after all, if it's out there, you might as well take advantage of it because you're due your rent. You've done your job. And let's not forget that this crisis is not impacting everyone equally, which means that there's still lots of good quality tenants out there. There's lots of people that are ready, willing, and able to rent your place. Heck, maybe there's people that have driven by your place and not happy with where they're living now and see that your place is going to be coming up available and would love a change of scenery. Maybe at the time when there was not, when there was a shortage of rental properties in your market, maybe they wound up having to take a lesser place and now they want a better place. Think about, think positively guys, think ahead of this, this, we will get past this together. First of all, and don't just think that all tenants are dirtbags because they're not. Matter of fact, I believe that the majority of them are good people. They want a nice place to live free of hassle, just like you want a tenant that pays their bills on time free of hassle. Okay, you guys have that in common. Now, and this is where I'm going to wrap up, now is the great time to assess the value. Think about what you're providing to your tenants. You know, if the front yard looks like crap, maybe now's a good time to run over to Home Depot, get some shrubs, tidy it up a little bit. Don't sit there and say it's not my responsibility, it's the tenant's responsibility. Think about it this way. If the tenant is on the verge of not paying the rent or having financial trouble, if they come home and have th- this warm fuzzy that you just put in new flowers in the flower bed or redid the dish or the, the bushes out front, or maybe you painted the shutters or changed the screens or just being a good landlord, maintaining the property as it should. It's hard for good people to screw over other good people. So if you've got a good tenant and you're becoming or or already are a good landlord, these people are going to think about maybe they should go deliver pizzas with Domino, Domino's to pay your rent. But know this, if you're a slumlord and you just take advantage of people and you provide them a crappy product, well, they're not going to go out of their way trying to figure out how to pay your rent. They're just going to become a professional tenant, which really would wind up being your fault. Always make sure, guys, and I'm going to leave you with this, always make sure that you're providing more in use value than you're taking back in cash value. By that I mean... They should feel like you're crazy for renting it so cheap. And I'm not saying give them a great, a massive discount. 
If market rents seven fifty, charge them seven fifty, but provide an eight hundred dollar a month property. That's what I'm saying. Make it better, make it nicer, cleaner, more well kept than what all the other market properties would be. This is how I've gotten great leads from code enforcement, and I've made friends in my municipalities and the government offices because I'm a guy. They know that when my team buys a property and we stabilize a property, we make it for the better. We're not slumlords. We don't let people put their living room furniture out in the front porch and cars up on blocks. That's not tolerated. People don't have stuff all over the yard and crap everywhere. That's not how it works. We're very strict landlords, but we take great care of our properties and we only rent to good people that can afford our properties. And guys, if you follow that mantra, now is a great time to seize opportunities. So get out there and make some cash flow happen. Guys, have a great week, and I'll catch up with you next time. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas so you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.